Jesus began our gospel by saying, I have come to set the earth on fire and how I wish it were already blazing. The symbol of God as Holy Spirit is a symbol of fire. And what we need is the Holy Spirit to understand what the Lord is trying to get across to us. This is a difficult gospel, so if you could please pray the words, come Holy Spirit with me three times, as we ask the Holy Spirit to be here with us, because this is one of those gospels, again, where we, we want peace, but the Lord says, no, I want division. What does that mean? So if you could please pray the words, come Holy Spirit with me three times. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Are you on fire? Has the world numbed you? Are you passionate? Are you joyful? What does your faith cost you? When someone encounters the living person of Jesus Christ, everything begins to change, especially in the sacramental life of the church, whether it's in the sacrament of confession or it's in the Holy Eucharist. Everything begins to change. The sad part is, in the Catholic Church right now, only 2% of Catholics regularly participate in the sacrament of confession, which would mean our world has become dull or numb to the love of God. But also, one in two people at Mass, so every other person, only one in every other person, believe that it is truly Jesus Christ that is present on this altar at Mass. That means something's wrong. Something's got to change. And what Jesus comes to do is he, he comes to bring division because that means you and I have to make a choice to obey him. We have to make a choice to surrender to him because he is God and he is good and he loves you immensely. But then that means you have to start choosing him over other things. And our world has been just bombarding us with just different things that try to compete for our relationship, compete for the truth that you and I are made for. And Jesus says, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. Can we honestly say that in Wisconsin, that Wisconsin is on fire with the Holy Spirit? I wish I could say that. I wish I, I really do, because Jesus says, I wish it were already blazing. If you were asked somebody, you know, what, what do you wish for? Like, what do you really want? This is what Jesus desires for us, and he desires for us to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the image I want to give you today is something that, it's a very simple image, but it's the image of a glass with milk in it. What would happen, that's like, that's like you. And what happened when you were baptized, like chocolate sauce, Hershey's chocolate sauce was put in there, and it, and it sat there, right? Which is good. That means you, you were given the Holy Spirit. But the problem for a lot of us in Wisconsin and in, in the United States and the world, if you want to put it that way, is we never stir it. It's just, it's just separated, and what Jesus desires for us is to be on fire with that Holy Spirit so his spirit and your spirit are one. But I can tell you, my friends, it's not easy because there's other things that will tell you they'll make you happy, but they won't. But when you encounter the love of Jesus, everything begins to change and it, what it does is it loses its, its fervor, it loses its flavor. And we think, oh, my, the next cell phone will make me happy. Or, oh, if I just have enough money or have enough prestige, if I have the right job, that'll make me happy. But the thing is, those are all lies, and they won't. 
Because Jesus says it is, is causing anguish in his heart until it is accomplished, until you are on fire with the Holy Spirit. That means you have a deep sense of peace that you are made for heaven. You're not made for earth. And what we heard in our second reading today from Hebrews, that we have a cloud of witnesses. We have all these angels and saints that are here to encourage you, but it costs them everything. If you look at the lives of the saints, especially the martyrs, it costs them everything to follow Jesus. What has your faith cost you? And maybe it's cost you a lot. I don't know you very well. But I know when I started to have my conversion, when I encountered the Lord in the Holy Eucharist and I felt him calling me to be a, be a priest in my sophomore year in college, everything began to change. What used to be fun, drinking and partying and all that stuff, it just felt so empty. And then I, I got a good job and, and I made more money and, and, and it just didn't fill that hole in my heart, right? All of us have that hole in our heart that only Jesus can fill. And only the love of God can satisfy your heart. But then again, that, that's, that's going to mean you have to start saying no to certain things and start saying yes to God more often. People are going to say, hey, do you want to go do this thing? And that, if that thing doesn't lead you to being on fire with the Holy Spirit, it's not going to stir. You have to say no to it. Jesus says, do you think that I have come to establish peace on earth? And I think a lot of people, we sing, this, sing that song, let there be peace on earth, but that's not even scripturally correct. That song should not be sung in church. Because it's not in accord with the gospel. You and I are only going to have true peace until we're in heaven. That's that's the gospel. And what we're called to do is we're called to fight and keep our eyes on the living person of Jesus Christ, as we heard in our second reading today, and look at how much he suffered for us. So if you would, just for a second, look at the cross with me for a second. By the way, he barely had any skin attached to his body. He was whipped and scourged. And if you look at the cross, the truth is, if you were the only person on earth, Jesus would have died just for you because he loves you that much. He wants to be with you forever in heaven. And if it cost him his blood, if it cost him his life, then what is it meant to cost you to be his follower? Again, the cross isn't meant to condemn you. It's meant to call you to contemplate how much he loves you. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in to set you on fire of knowing that that is the love that you are created for. And the one person who teaches us that all of that, those cloud of witnesses followed had a relationship with to be a saint is the Blessed Mother. Mary is known as the spouse of the Holy Spirit. When, she, when the Annunciation happened, it says the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, right? At the most difficult moments of Jesus' life, who had their eyes on Jesus the whole time? Mary. And what she teaches us, how to, what, she teaches how, what to do is, is to endure, to persevere through all the many hardships, through all those things you have to start saying no to in the world to say yes to Christ. So we can get those numbers up. I mean, Two, only 2% of Catholics are participating in the sacrament of confession. Like the fact is that you indeed can be forgiven. And we have priests to forgive your sins. Like that is good news. And what happens in the sacrament of confession to keep you on fire, to keep your eyes on Jesus, what, or what's supposed to happen, is you're supposed to forgive that person you see in the mirror every morning too. 
And some of us think, yeah, Father, if you really knew me, um, there's, there's no way that that particular thing I've done or, or thing that was done to me could be forgiven. And that doesn't mean when you forgive that you condone the action. What it means is you're giving that to Jesus. You say, in Jesus, I forgive myself. Or you are called to forgive others. And, the, and forgiveness begets fire. And our world has hardened its heart. Which is why we don't have a deeper sense of truth and conviction. But then the question is, how do I forgive once I am forgiven in confession? Because that's what's going to stir the chocolate sauce. That's what's going to keep you on fire with the Holy Spirit is forgiveness. And there's so much power. But the thing is, for a lot of us, we're a lot like St. Augustine. He said, when you, you and I withhold forgiveness, when we withhold forgiveness from other people, what happens is we have like a bottle of poison, that revenge towards, towards other people. And he says, well, we want them to suffer, right? But when we don't forgive, we drink the poison. And if that's you, if you find yourself as a person who has taken their eyes off of Jesus, who's not participating in the sacrament of confession, or just doesn't know how to forgive themselves, or you just know deep down, I am not a forgiving person. I still have people that I still have grudges in my heart. Like, I just want to ask you, how's that going for you? Like, we, we can't just sit at the feet of the master, right? We can't sit at the feet of Jesus and twiddle our thumbs and act like he doesn't know that you're holding unforgiveness in your heart. Jesus is God. He knows everything. And he's no fool. And his Holy Spirit stirs in us and it stirs forgiveness and it stirs the truth out of us. And that can cut to us. It can hurt. But again, when I forgive, that doesn't mean I'm condoning the action. That doesn't mean that at all. It means I want to be set free. So when I, when I receive forgiveness in, in confession, which I encourage you to go to confession often, when you receive forgiveness, how do I for start forgiving myself? And how do I start forgiving others? What we're called to do is, is pray in the name of Jesus. So Jesus gave you all authority. He gave you all a lot of authority. Not the same as a priest, but he gave you authority to forgive, to have power over these situations, but that causes division. Because then I have to make a choice. And what we're called to do is pray in his most holy name. Scripture says, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bend, those above the earth, those below the earth, and those on the earth. This is the same Jesus when he spoke. Blind people could see, deaf people could hear, lame people could walk. This is the authority, the power he's giving you so that you can forgive. And keep your eyes on him and set the world on fire. So when I recall these names, and you always pray to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, who do I need to forgive? Who am I holding unforgiveness towards? Then we're called to do is pray and say the words, in the name of Jesus, I forgive. You say their name out loud. For what did that person do or what did you do that you need to forgive? When you're taking the authority of the name of Jesus, you're giving everything over to him. You're taking that bottle of poison you're giving it to him, you're taking that glass of milk, and you're stirring the Holy Spirit. And, the, and if you could taste the freedom that Jesus desires for each of us, nothing else compares to it.
Nothing else compares to it. You've heard the stories of different people that have forgiven, and I want to share this one, one with you as an ending point here to show you the power of forgiveness. In the 1990s, Nelson Mandela was president after 27 years in South Africa, of, of 27 years of being in prison, right? And what he did is he started this coalition called the Coalition of, for, of, of Reconciliation and Justice. And people would come and they'd, they'd meet the person who did something wrong to them and they would ask, what is just in this situation? How can we reconcile here? And there was one widow who came before a police officer who burned her two children and her husband to death. And when she saw him, the people of the coalition asked, what is just in this situation? And she said to the man, you have taken everything from me. You have killed my children and you killed my husband. I have no one else to love. And they asked her, so what do you think would be just in this situation? And she said that I adopt you as my son to the police officer who killed her children and her husband. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that she could have done that. It is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that bread and wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. It is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that your sins are forgiven in the sacrament of confession. And it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that you are able to forgive yourself and forgive others. And the Blessed Virgin Mary is your greatest advocate to keep your eyes on Jesus, to be set on fire, to know that your true home is in heaven, that means every single day, you and I have a choice to live in forgiveness, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit as Jesus calls us to be. But that means that we're going to have to say no to certain things. But again, once you taste the Holy Spirit, once you taste the love of Jesus, nothing compares. Nothing. And if we think things compare to Jesus, to his love, then we have to, keep, we have to contemplate more and more upon the cross. That is the love that you and I are created for. It's not for more money. It's not for more cell phones. It's not for better grades or whatever it is. We are created for that love, that sacrificial love. And again, if it costs him everything, then it must cost us too everything. We're called to do at every single mass is pause and place everything in us that is not of him on this altar and say, Lord Jesus, please bless the hell out of it. Here's all my unforgiveness. Here's all of my sins. Here's everything in me that is not of you. And the angels and the saints are here to encourage us. They are here at every single Mass. You might not be able to see them, but they are indeed here to encourage you to be set on fire. Could you imagine what your parish could look like in five or ten years if you all started to do what I just said, to forgive yourself and forgive others. 
that's attractive. That's what people want. They want that authenticity, that joy, that peace, that love. When people know that they are loved, everything begins to change. And nothing compares to that love of Jesus. We've called for the Holy Spirit to come down upon us. And the Holy Spirit is indeed here. What we need to do the rest of the week is keep our eyes on the Lord. And the person who wants to help you do that the most is the Blessed Virgin Mary. She wants you to know of her son's love. To put him first. To stop playing games. And to forgive. So let's ask for her help as we prepare to receive him in the Holy Eucharist. To be people of mercy who are on fire with divine love as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.